and the whole family is like a look of horror at their dad's like genitals. Like, it's just, like too big of a moment. And they're like, oh. his mashed up genitals. Yeah, we all came from those balls. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It is ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBTV. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. All four, just one, two, or three, cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have shown. Open your body holes, cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review the come on Eileen's of the TV world, <laughs> or in this case, maybe the MacArthur Parks. Anyway, <laughs> I am David Bittenhofer, and with me is the person who really wants to date an altar boy. <laughs> Carolyn Maine. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're going to corrupt yeah. him, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to do some Only the Good Die Young. We're going to take his virginity, but at least I'm not a, Mm -hmm. you know, cleric, so it's not so bad. You Catholic boys start much too late. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And the person hankering to have their own house made. Oh, that's totally Austin Garten. (laughs) Even if she's hell-bent on revenge? I'll take it. I mean, she that aside, she was a pretty good maid. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how sustainable she was as a maid, though. This is, you know, this is true. Instead of talking about this show, can we just like quote Billy Joel lyrics back and forth? Oh my god, that's I, such a good idea. How come we haven't done that yet? That's a game I'd lose so fast; it wouldn't even be fun. Really? Well, against I YouTube, play it, yes. Yeah, because I could play it for the longest time. Oh. <laughs> Almost got spit take out of Austin. I should have seen that coming, and I didn't. <laughs> That's a good Billy Joel song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It sounds like one of his divorce songs. Right. Which are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this is our the start of our summer series of uh, one hit wonders. Is that what we're calling? Well, wonders is a strong term. Yeah, one, one season wonders. Term. Yeah, one season wonders. So episodes from shows that only ran. One season, whether whether that was a one episode season or a six episode season or a full 22 episode season. Yeah. Good call on this poll audience. Like it nice and dirty, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be regretting that decision after this one, because uh, today we are reviewing The Pits, season one, episode one, The Pilot. Yeah, the Pitts are a cursed family, but the father, Bob Pitt, is always optimistic things will change. But as the kids get out of hand, he decides they need a nanny. What are the odds that the nanny he picks is someone, unbeknownst to him, is someone he wronged in the past? Let me... 
I mean, I guess. Uh, spoiler alert, the odds are very high on that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, in the pit's defense, the odds of the nanny being someone are high whether the show is about a family with bad luck or not. <laughs> you mean just a... Just, uh, I mean, but, sitcom lo- logic yes. would, would have that it's mm-hmm. somebody that the family has a past relationship with in some capacity. Uh, Austin? Yeah. What's your relationship with the pit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that this was a show. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing advertisements for it. I want to say that it was a brief uh, post-Simpsons show for Fox, mm-hmm. that it was one of those... Uh, one of those shows that they were putting on after, like in the time slot right after The Simpsons. It's like after. Yeah, was it right after or in like the eight thirty or, or maybe it was the eight thirty? Yeah, because for a long time mm. it was like Simpsons, King of the Hill, X Files. That was that was like the classic. Oh, yeah. you know, mid nineties Sunday night lineup for Fox, and then X Files and King of the Hill went away, and The Simpsons never dies, and so. <laughs> For a while there, it was, you know, Simpsons, something, Family Guy, American Dad. And then they went through a mm. lot of somethings in that half hour slot. And I think yeah. this show was one of them. I didn't watch it. Uh, so the only other thing, my only other relationship with the pits is knowing that you watched it and told <laughs> me that it was one of the worst things you had ever seen, which made me feel good with my choice of having not watched it. <laughs> Uh, Carolyn, what's your relationship with the Pits? Great question. Well, none whatsoever in regards to this show. In regards <laughs> to the armpit, I enjoy them, but you have to really like the person, right? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. In what way do you enjoy a person's armpit? In what way don't you? I'll, I'll, in I'll most ways for me, but, uh... <laughs> Really, I would say I enjoy them in like a French way. You know, there's that famous Napoleon letter when he's like out doing wars and he writes back like, I'm coming home, don't bathe. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I yeah. mean, there's there's something about the pits, right? They're the bush of the nipples. So in general, I'm very pro, but this was the first time I've seen or heard of the show, The Pits. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of pretty good. The only well, the only other thing I'll say about the pits is uh-huh. that uh, much to Dylan Baker's chagrin, who is the actor who plays uh, what's Bo- is it Bob Pitt, the dad, the, Bob, the, yeah. the patriarch Pitt. Uh, despite the fact that I never actually watched this show, every time Dylan Baker pops up in something, I go, "Oh, it's the dad from the pits." <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact that like and he's one of those like that guy actors that's in a yeah. shit ton of stuff and I had seen him in plenty of things before the pits and I literally had not seen him in the pits until earlier today <laughs> yet he was always the actor from the pits as soon as this aired yeah I was really looking forward to you asking the orphans what else he's been in I'm sure we'll get yeah, there but we'll, he is that guy we'll get there yeah he's been in a lot uh, my relationship, I don't know, I guess, spoiler alert, I've only seen one episode of The Pits, and that was this episode, actually, because, I don't know, I guess I was in a mode of watching everything, although I could, I would have sworn this was, like, late 90s, but it's actually early, like, this is, like, 2003, I believe, Yeah, which is oh, later than I, f- wow. my memory tells me, but that's 
you know, so obviously everyone else is wrong and I'm right. But, um, right, of course. <laughs> but, uh, I just remember, you know, I was just watching, you know, whatever else is on, probably just after The Simpsons. And then this comes on and I'm like, I'm going to watch it. And I just remember thinking at the time, this is the most unfunny thing I've ever seen and hating. <laughs> and then later, like, learning it got canceled after like six episodes. And, I I have grown up with Catholic guilt where, like, when stores that I never go to go out of business, I feel bad for never going to them, even though they sell, like, aquariums and I don't have a fish. But, uh... <laughs> and so, like, if a show is, like, gets canceled, I always feel bad that I didn't watch it, even though it might not be that good. And this is the first time I'm like, good, I'm glad this show got canceled. It was terrible. I know, this show broke me. So anyways... Did you say that this show is The Pits, Yeah, for me at least. So then part of me was like, when we were doing this theme, this is something I always come back to as like one of the worst shows I've ever seen. And so it's like, was it really that bad? Should I, you know, could I give it another chance? Or slight another chance. I didn't have any expectations that it'd suddenly be like awesome or anything, but uh, reevaluate it. And maybe some of it's just to get it off my chest and maybe I can just let it go that because... (laughs) I'm, like, the only person that ever watched it, so it's not like I can commiserate with anyone over it or talk about it. I mean, that sounds like exaggeration, out. but you might not be far <laughs> off. I'd never heard of it or thought about it until today. It's really nice you have a device to make people watch a show with you. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? This might be cathartic. It's like, you know, spreading the disease, spreading it out so maybe I don't have to just keep it all in myself. <laughs> spreading out the disease. Yeah, exactly. I think that's how diseases work, right? Like, Definitely. If, if you... I get other people sick, then I'm less sick, right? Is that it? <laughs> that's what we're going with. I'm no biologist, but that, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we start out with just a, uh, the theme song and the opening with, uh, what am I? Oh, and then it's just a bunch of different scenes of crazy things happening to the pits. And I guess I have to admit that I do kind of dig the theme song. It's just kind of my jam. (laughs) It it is. You have to, right? It's the pit. The pit. Both the theme song and its presentation are yeah. delightfully retro. Like I can, I can yeah. see why you thought this came out in the like late '90s because it still has that sort of classic sitcom vibe that was more or less on its way out even in like '03. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels really old fashioned for the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was guessing late '90s, and they do that thing. They're kind of trying to do the. the I like the theme music. Because I'm corny, but it mm-hmm. is like that corny, like rock and roll guitar yeah. for sitcom that you might recall from, say, by the Bell College year. Kind of felt yeah. like that for me. This yeah. one's a little more uh, grunge, I guess, uh-huh. than, I mean, you know, fake Hollywood theme yeah. song grunge, but then 
uh, the college years, but still very much in the vein of 90s. They, they music, did not raise Kurt Cobain from the dead to record this theme song. <laughs> or did they? And, <laughs> and the theme <laughs> was where I could tell that it was a Fox show. I didn't know until the end, Brown, but it kept feeling like a Fox show. Oh, so yeah. It made a lot sense. Very much Fox and trying to be edgy and a little over the top. And I feel like, yeah, there was like 20 sitcoms, like Austin said, that were trying to be the thing after The Simpsons. And they only achieved that with Malcolm in the middle and everything else has been entirely forgettable. Is that? Oh, yeah, that you're right? right. They did. Yeah. So you're, I think, David, you were right. This was probably like an 8, 830 uh fill in because this was mm. probably right around the same time that Malcolm in the middle had locked down that uh, that post Simpsons time slot yeah in my mind and obviously this was too late for it this would be something that'd come after like married with children or something right yeah it like feels very much thing. of a piece with that but mm-hmm. that was gone by this time yeah that was long ago uh, my immediate reaction to the credits as they were scrolling was holy crap Lizzie Kaplan was in this <laughs> oh yeah I was trying to place her and now that you said her name I can place she's her. like an indie darling like the internet loves yeah. Lizzie Kaplan and I had no idea that she was like for as much as poor Dylan Baker is the guy <laughs> from the pits I had no idea that Lizzie Kaplan toiled on this show for six or seven episodes <laughs> what do we want to go over uh I know Think- one of them. She was in the catering show, uh, which is named. Uh, yeah, I forget what that one was Rick. called. Adam Scott, Lizzie Kaplan, a great episode with Steve Gutenberg. What the heck is that called, though? Party Down. It's, not it's part. Yeah, so Party Down. Yeah, she was in Party Down with Adam Scott. Uh, she, so she was on Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared. That was, that was the, like, that's why everybody loves her kind of a thing. Um, cause that was one of those, uh, cult favorite shows. Uh, and then her big breakout was in Mean Girls. Oh, right. She was the friend in that. I forgot she was in yeah, that. Yeah, she was, oh, really? she was the Lindsay Lohan friend, Janice, the Lindsay Lohan friend who was like opposed to the plastics. Um, yeah, she was like the good girl. She yeah. hung out with the other friend, mm-hmm. like a gay guy. She gets yeah. backstabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of her big like breakout role. Uh, she was in Cloverfield. She had a little stint on True Blood. Uh, I love True Blood. Who was she in True Blood? Uh, she like, was someone named Amy Burley for six episodes. Okay. Uh, then she did Party Down for a number of years. That was another set kind of cult favorite show. Uh, she had a little four episode run on New Girl, uh, and then uh, she was she replaced Isla Fisher in the second Now You See Me because that was a movie that required a sequel. Apparently, uh, she was uh, then of course the co lead in Masters of Sex, the oh, the, the opposite Michael Sheen, the Showtime uh, show. And that was kind of her last big thing. She's in she's on uh, Castle Rock right now. The oh wow, the weird like Stephen King alt universe show that's on Hulu, uh, where she plays Annie Wilkes, the character from oh, Misery. Misery. Wow, has hmm. anybody of us watched that, or anybody ever watched Castle Rock? No, I'm curious. I haven't yet, but I kind of want to. I've heard mixed things about it, but it's kind of in my wheelhouse. So, right? Will you let me know if you do? Yeah, well. 
So yeah, Lizzie Kaplan, Lizzie Kaplan, a relatively big deal, and I had no idea that she's that she was on this crappy little sitcom. Well, my timeline's adding up because if you asked me when Mean Girls came out, I would have said like, oh, 2008, 2009, but yeah, it was, no, that's it 2004, was 2004, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Everything just slowed down. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right. Uh, did we want to go over the other actresses? <laughs> I suppose. Or is he, I should say actors. But yeah. The only other you know, notable ones that I would say, so the the kid, the boy, the brother, mm-hmm. whatever, um, he was the son in How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So he, I wonder he, how much money he got for that. Right, for like filming line. 30 seconds of footage that got used yeah. in like every episode. Right? Is it the same footage? Wow. Yeah. They I, just like spent a day like filming reactions, I think, and then like <laughs> just use the use them throughout the series. Yeah. Wow, that's the way to use child actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they <laughs> also filmed the ending, like the final Okay, right. And they filmed that like right up front cuz then it was a bad fit by the time the series wrapped, right? Well, yeah, they so they they filmed the ending so that they'd have the kids in the right ages. Cause obviously they didn't know how long the show would last. So they had the ending. And so it's the, they're kind of the opposite of lost where they Oof. did have a plan all along. It was just a shitty plan. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if the kids age like 10 years while Bob Saget was talking. Right. I mean, they could have gone that direction. It would have, it would have been, I mean, they could have done it. It would have been funny. Mm-hmm. It'd be all weird and in puberty. It'd be mm-hmm. great. Uh, the only thing that I know the mom in this show from, and the only thing that that really stands out to me on her IMDb page, uh, she had a minor recurring role as Crewman Cutler on Star Trek Enterprise. Oh. She was one of, she was like in three episodes and had a little arc where she was like not one of the main characters, but was recurring nevertheless, which is kind of a rarity for Star Trek. Yeah, she's also in Six Feet Under for seems oh. like quite a few episodes. Yeah, it's one of those shows that I really should check out sometime, but didn't. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course, then we have the granddaddy, uh, pun intended, of them all, Dylan Baker. Yeah. Uh, who plays Mr. Pitt. Um, and yeah, he's I mean, he's been in just about everything <laughs> to one degree or another. Uh, Homeland, Blind Spot, The Americans, wow. The Good Wife. Uh, he was in Anchorman Two. He was the um, the guy that hires Ron Burgundy for the cable news network. Uh, he was in a couple, three episodes of Smash, NBC's like behind the scenes of Broadway TV series. Uh, he was in uh, a couple episodes of Ugly Betty. He was in the movie Revolutionary Road. He was on Drive, which is another series <laughs> that David I watched that. that could have fit this uh, this episode's theme. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a worse episode than this, though, I think. But. Yeah. Uh, my big takeaway for him was that in the second Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, yeah. He played Dr. Kurt Connors in, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe they were setting him up to one day be the lizard, which then just made me laugh to think that the guy from the pits was going to be the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and then also he played Defense Secretary Robert McNamara in the dramatization of the Cuban Missile Crisis with Kevin Costner, the uh, 13 Days. <laughs> that's That was kind of the first place I encountered him and started to recognize him. But yeah, I mean, he goes... 
he goes all the way back to the mid eighties. And if there's a like TV drama that aired between like 2000 and now he probably was on an episode of it. Wow. <laughs> How are the orphans doing while you're down there? Yeah, they're fine. They, they know what they know what they did. <laughs> well, they say Great. it's the pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should probably get in and get past the. Uh, yeah, let's dive into this meaty no, plot. Let's hang out. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the first scene is in the bedroom of Petey, the the boy, the young boy in this, and uh, he is currently possessed by the devil and getting an exorcism, and is covered in vomit. True. <laughs> <laughs> and the. Uh, Priest successfully expels the demon, and Petey thinks it's cool, is how we start out. And Petey's kind of like, just kidding, so I don't know if it's like a joke, or... Yeah, well, I think there's going to be a lot of things in this episode that I'm like, I don't know if that's supposed to be a joke, or what. Because they got the audience amped up, so they laugh at everything, so that's not even helpful. Yeah. To where you could be like, well, that wasn't funny, but the audience is laughing, so it must have been a joke. Like, they're just constantly, like, tittering in the uh, in the studio. God bless the laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, priest kind of chit-chats with Bob afterwards about how Bob got struck with lightning that spread out to his entire family. And then <laughs> and Bob ended up rolling into a scorpion's nest. And we're just supposed to get the picture that nothing good ever happens to this family yet. Bob doesn't seem to mind, I guess. And I have to say... This isn't good writing, but it is efficient writing. It like, is. it establishes the yeah. premise and the idea that, like, this is a bad luck family that remains good natured, save for the sitcom y teenage daughter who's like, I can't stand this wacky family I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which that particular element is a real Munsters throwback. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. You could totally draw a line from her back to uh, to the normie and monsters. <laughs> yeah, which we should totally get to at some point. I'm sure. Make yeah, a note of that. Right. I like when we go old and black and white. But yeah, <laughs> it is definitely efficient writing. It's definitely corny, but I was having kind of fun with it because there is something about this special Fox time slot where they're trying to make a sitcom, but they want to be edgy. But yeah. the days of yore, which this already so much is, it seems like it's from 1995. Like, it's just, it's quaint now. Their foxy mm-hmm. edginess is quaint. Yeah. Yeah, they're going a bit absurd and over the top with it. Yeah. And then they're also trying to push some limits, too. Yeah. And I will give them the point that having their upbeat, corny optimism contrast their terrible, cursed luck, it gives you, know, it's it gives the actors something to do during this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, looking back at it, it's not the worst premise in the world. Like, you could do some interesting stuff with it. Right? Like, I, I didn't don't. know this was, like, a famous David hate watch. I thought we were <laughs> going to watch something you liked that just fallen through the cracks. <laughs> well, the reason we're watching the pilot is I didn't want to actually watch other episodes to then find <laughs> anything that'd be better. You ate it so much. So, theoretically, this could have turned into, like, an awesome show, and I have no idea. <laughs> this is the only episode of that. You ate it so much, you refuse to watch multiple episodes, but yet yeah. we'll focus on how bad this one is. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, this is only really the second time I've seen this episode. Sure. So <laughs> and you probably haven't watched it in the, like, previous 20 years or however long yeah. it's been. I never really sought it out. Right. Uh, so then uh, the the aforementioned daughter shows up, and she wants a ride to her friends, but she can't get one because, I guess, 
an exorcism means the parents don't have time to drive her somewhere. Uh, she gets pissy about this, but then she notices the cute altar boy. And then the family just leaves them alone, presumably to fuck or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they, they stop and, like, clean up the the bile that's left over from the... Oh, well, yeah, that's at the end. From the yeah. brother's uh, demonic possession. And I'm like, why is this altar boy, like, why was he even hanging back to clean up the bile? Yeah, is this his job? <laughs> said some, <laughs> some full-service altar boying. <laughs> There's a part where the altar boy recognizes the daughter from their previous bad luck stories have gone around the school, and she yeah. mentions her beard of bees, which makes me think mm. of, like, what if she was so cursed that she got a merkin of bees? Nah. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly the beard of bees doesn't sound so bad. Right, huh? <laughs> right. right. But Fox can't get that edgy yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this ends with them, after flirting a little bit, just cleaning up vomit. And Which maybe is... they fuck on it later. I don't know. <laughs> Which is maybe. definitely like maybe. the green split pea soup of vomit. Please picture the exorcist color key. They got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very thick green, yeah, pea soupish. And uh, <laughs> I guess... And my only point is it seems very odd that, like, they're very noticeably, like, attracted to each other. And then everyone just decides, oh, we best leave these two teens alone with their raging hormones. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple scenes later in the episode where the parents are, like, oddly cool with their daughter's yeah. raging yeah. hormones. <laughs> the dad's, yeah, like, I'm definitely... Not you can't acknowledge it. It's just very much a, we gotta leave these two alone. Right? The dad is definitely a wingman situation for the daughter. <laughs> and I think it's because their luck is so terrible. Yeah. Like, she's a perfectly yeah. lovely person, but he, like, has to help her land it, or else the line is just gonna end. Well, this is so... Yeah, this yeah. is where, if, if we want to get deep on this, you could argue that the parents are totally cool with her like going off and screwing this altar boy because by doing so they come across as the cool parents so the daughter is happier but they know that the family's bad luck will prevent her from actually having something good happen so she won't actually get what she wants so it's like win-win for the parents like they don't have to be the bad guy but they know that their familial luck will prevent the daughter from actually having sex so, That's those, like, uh, galaxy brain stretch people talk about, right? <laughs> it sounds like she's going to actually have sex, and she's going to get pregnant, but she's not going to get an orgasm. Yeah, the joke's, the joke's oh, on the parents, yeah, that, because that's, that's how it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it's not going to go down. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely nothing's going down. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We should probably just stop there. Fox humor, give me the woo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next scene is at their store, what, mailboxes and more, I believe, and, uh, the joke is they're, like, making 70 cents from a few people, and this is their rush hour, and they're pretty excited about it, and they're pretty much like a mom-and-pop Kinko's, I guess, or... Yeah, did you know Kinko's isn't Kinko's anymore, and it's FedEx something, something, something? Yep. Well, that just sucks. I know. How can I not call it Kinko's anymore? I know. It's like a brand name you can't use anymore. Yeah, it's really cute when they like get into the two cents that they're going to charge for the staple (laughs) Uh on the files. Well, we got to start over on this podcast so I get the right name of a store. (laughs) Okay. I'll throw this file away. Yeah, throw this one out. Uh, Yeah, they're excited about 
two cents and they're all happy. And then uh, they get a call from their kids who are fighting because PD won't let uh, Faith have the computer because he wants to watch cockfights on it. <laughs> That's true. And this is where I was like, wow, <laughs> between the running a Kinko's-esque copy print mailing store and the fighting over access to the large desktop computer, I was like, wow, this could not be any more like of the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Right. In, the in, the, in 2003. <laughs> yeah. The closest they could get to the 90s was the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, they were actually fighting over internet, which yeah. I think is pretty relatable. I think we all were in the 2090s when you had to use your phone and your internet on the same line, which was like mm-hmm. in a run through your house. It was your phone line. It's so long ago. They were harrowing days. Yes, the wild <laughs> frontier. Yeah. The only thing they were yeah. missing was like, a, oh my God, the modem makes loud, ugly noises joke. We, we, mm-hmm. My nerdy spouse can identify which modem it is by how it sounds. <laughs> have him do it for you sometimes. Uh, I say this as a as a as an extreme nerd. My hat is off to him. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll send that along. That's hardcore. <laughs> Powerful nerd. This was back at a time <laughs> when we fought over the internet instead of just fighting on the internet. Oh. Oh, truth oh, Hashtag yeah. hot take. Uh, How has all this progress not gotten us anywhere? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he's trying to watch cockfights, so it kind yeah. of was like a uh, precursor to what would really happen. <laughs> and before they actually said it was like chickens with knives, like who wasn't yeah. thinking it was just two old internet, like actual penises? Sword fighting against each other. Yeah, that's one of those instances where I couldn't decide if him wanting to watch <laughs> cockfights was the show trying to be edgy or the show making fun of the idea of trying to be edgy. I feel like just the former. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they gotta use the word cock, which, you know, is an yeah. exciting fox word. Yeah. It's always a win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the parents come home to see that, like, the house is, quote, trashed. I think there's just, like, there's uh, pillows couch- on the floor. Yeah, couch cushions <laughs> on the floor, yeah, and, like, billows, and that's enough of a disaster for the parents to decide they need to get a nanny, to which, like, the very previous scene was them getting excited over getting an extra two cents, so I'm not sure how that adds up to them being able to afford a nanny. But here we are. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They the, the level of excitement they had for that extra two cents makes me wonder how they can afford a home and yeah, food exactly. to feed I their mean, children. So we we should note they're white. Mm. So, <laughs> <not all>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, David. <laughs> to the listeners at home, if you haven't figured it out. Uh. So the, the next morning, the kids are trying to trick the f- parents into thinking they don't need a nanny, but they're not buying it. And they're interviewing for a nanny who uh, had three kids, but they all died. Yes, the nanny position is still open. Have you had much experience with kids? You have three children? Oh, you had three children. Oh my God, that's horrible. No, it, I, I don't believe I've ever seen a threshing machine. Let me tell you a little about the job here. <laughs> I enjoyed that part. <laughs> a 
of kids getting mauled in a thresher. Yeah, yeah, it was great. They're like, oh, you've had three kids? Oh, you've had three kids. Mm. Oh, a thresher, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this could either be a very special episode about getting struck by lightning or getting thrashed or yeah. whatever. Yeah, very Rolling special. Rolling into a scorpion's nest. Yes. Uh, so I think uh, I think this is the scene where where Lizzie Kaplan is complaining again about their bad luck and mm-hmm. and uh Dylan Baker says uh you can't have the cherries without the pits Call me corny but I believe life is a bowl of cherries and you can't have cherries without the pits Woo <laughs> <laughs> title drop And I was once again it was one of those where I'm like this isn't good but it's like, this is sitcom writing 101. You've established mm-hmm. the premise in your opening scene. You're returning mm-hmm. to it in act one and giving your show a like tagline that they could like slap right. onto a commercial down the line. and Title drop <laughs> and theme stated. This is like where I'm like, this is a good show. Right? Like whoever's, whoever's writing this episode has their copy of like sitcom writing by Sid Field open next to them. And they're just, <laughs> they're checking off boxes. My box felt very checked. Let's just say going into this, I'm like, there's a very non-zero chance that Carolyn's going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> it's either going to be really good or really bad. And this yeah. It's, it's right in that spot. It's a very forgotten sitcom. But, yeah. I mean, it's so cute now, but it thinks it's so tough. It's like a 13-year-old <laughs> emo kid. You know? yeah, it is, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking uh, tipping over a garbage can is pretty, uh, you know, edgy. And uh... and this is also where they say that they're like the Kennedys, a cursed yes. family, except they don't have millions of dollars or good looks. And the dad's like, yeah. that's part of the curse. <laughs> so that was like decent Fox humor. Remember the Kennedys and all the times they died and the people they killed? Wow. Well, I think this was before JFK Jr. died, too, but maybe yeah, I'm Yeah, that was another good one. Those Kennedys. Wowee. We should really get some better Democratic nominations, right? <laughs> you mean ones that aren't cursed? Yes. Or start churning out some more Kennedys. Oh, my God. No more of those fat-headed <laughs> shit. They had their chance, man. No, uh, we go to... <laughs> We go to the living room, and uh, they end up st- talking about homecoming because no one will go to homecoming with faith because they're cursed. Which I was trying to decide if I was a teen, <laughs> would I turn her down because I might die? And I still haven't figured that one out yet. Not, I mean, not if she was Lizzie Kaplan, who's an attractive, who's an attractive lady. Like I know that's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, I feel like there's lots of guys who are like, "Oh, it's worth a shot." She sounds pretty attainable. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like the whole like, "Oh, she's cursed. No one wants to date her." I'm back in business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this brings up the story of how Bob asked Liz to his homecoming the night before homecoming because he just realized she didn't have a date yet. But this also meant that he did have a date and just ditched her for it. Okay, and next I need to establish the backstory of the parents. We want to make sure we get that in the pilot. (laughs) Box checked. Moving on. Uh Uh-huh. But it really makes Bob seem like a shithead, right? Like, he's supposed to be, like, the lovable loser. And I'm like, well, now I don't feel bad for him anymore. Right. And to the show's credit, the 
characters recognize that he was a shithead about it. But yeah. that still doesn't change the fact that you're supposed to feel sympathetic for this like cursed family, and now you're like, maybe the whole reason you're cursed is because you were a colossal ass bunch to this one lady. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, he just never even told her. He just stood her up and never told her he was going with someone else. I mean, not that any of it would have been that much better at that point, but, you know, he just didn't even say anything to her. Yeah, he avoided her. I he guess. did a bad thing, and he did it in the worst way possible. Yeah. We find out her name is Smelly Shelly, is what her nickname was in high school. So they get out of a picture of her, and I'm like, she seems perfectly fine, except yeah. she has a weird look on her face. He, but, you know. he had that he had that yearbook all like locked and loaded. Like yeah, <laughs> she's well, like, who doesn't? You don't remember Smelly Shelly? And he just like reaches into a drawer and pulls out a yearbook, and it's right there. He seems like the kind of guy who would, though, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> So this kind of ends with Liz just not being impressed with her, her husband doing this thing when he was a teen. And then we cut to the next scene. And who is it but an adult smelly Shelly? And what does she have in her hand but the wanted ad uh, for a nanny for the pits? To our younger listeners, mm. a want ad yeah, I was know. <laughs> in a newspaper, which was like reading stuff on the internet printed out on paper that was delivered to you every day. Yeah. And there was a section in there where you could put ads for things, even if you weren't like a big company. Craigslist yeah. on a piece of paper. There you go. Yeah, yeah when Craigslist go. was a thing. It's, it's yeah. like that. Before now, now they can't do sex. And just like Craigslist. Craigslist, you mostly just attracted sex criminals. Be- yeah. Uh, said sex criminal is pay- is uh, played yes. by one Melissa Peterman. I know, I know her. I don't know where. Well, did you watch the Reba McIntyre sitcom <laughs> no. in the 2000s? I watched one episode for sure. Well, she was one of the main characters <laughs> yeah. in the Reba sitcom, so Reba. that's probably what you know her from. Yeah, which- Reba. If you had asked me when did the Reba sitcom air, I would have said ah, 96, 97. It ran from 2001 to 2007. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was smack dab in the middle of it, too. So wow. she was. Yeah. She, she just did a gig while on the Reba show. I guess so. on Reba. Yeah. Uh, so she is also notable for hailing from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, that's important. Woo! Where she graduated from one of our Minnesota State Universities with a major in theater, and one of her early uh, roles was as Hooker Number Two in Fargo. Oh, that's a good get, actually. She does what? look kind of Midwestern. Do you know if she was ever a Butter Princess? <laughs> I do I sh- not know. I don't know, but she very well could have been. She would look great in Butter. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, uh, I was gonna say she has a Butter face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. I didn't even mean it like that until I was saying it. You like, might mean. as well. You might as well sink the yeah, shot. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just, just be mean for the sake of being mean. Uh, what what university did she graduate It from? just says Minnesota State University. It doesn't oh, say Oh, Minnesota State, so it's probably so Mankato. Mankato right? or, uh, I don't know, one of the, maybe the, like, ex-urban ones. Oh, and just real quick, for the listeners at home, I presume you'd all know this, but a Midwestern Minnesota thing, at the State Fair... They do carvings of ladies who are the local high school type princesses in butter, and it's pretty yeah. wild, like life size busts in butter. It's really cool. See it if you ever get a chance. Mm-hmm. And they can uh, they bring the the ladies get the their butter <laughs> afterwards. 
Yeah, so they're so they're yeah, so they're the dairy princesses. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. one from each county, and then and they all hail from like dairy farms, and then one of them gets crowned it's Princess so K of the Milky Way. Wow. But but all of the various princesses get their likeness carved into a large block of butter, which they then get to take home after mm-hmm. the fair. And, but they're supposed to use the butter for some sort of community service. Oh, yes. okay. Because I'm just picturing it in the fridge, just like. Swiping at your toast on your own face and be like, crunch, crunch, crunch. I think most of the that is what happened because you like have like a bake sale or like, well, Lauren knows somebody who was a uh, yeah a princess. I don't think she was Princess K. I think she's just a butter, just a regular butter lady. Yeah, and then so then she had like a cookout for like the whole town you know and then everyone had corn to roll the corn in her face (laughs) and she said it got a little weird (laughs) (laughs) but then you end up with leftovers so then like as her mom's cooking she's like cut off a hunk of my daughter's nose and like throws it in the pan and that's maybe one of the best things y'all do gotta say (laughs) i mean and they're big too i mean it's like they're almost life size so right they're life size or a little bigger have you actually seen them really i saw them once like they do them live they sit the lady down for her Mm -hmm. portrait in like a chilled area with a big viewing like partition and so it's like chilled because it's butter and a guy just carves it live. He like eyeballs her. It's pretty fascinating. What yeah. <laughs> the process? <laughs> I didn't know you've been to our state fair. I did. I did. I went like I was in there once in the summer. I also saw like the birth show. There was a whole barn full of animals. Yeah. Birth yeah. That I will. The miracle you know, of birth center. Right. <laughs> the birth center, the reptile tent, and the butter <laughs> cavern <laughs> were my favorites. I'm also quite fond of our seed art, which what? is where. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is where people do art using seeds. Well, you and, mean like gluing yeah. it to a flat? Uh huh. Oh yeah, uh-huh. you gotta see it. There's some amazing stuff. <laughs> what, there, what's one of your guys' favorites each, David? Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, there's usually a lot of political ones, and shockingly, oh, they're usually what? like uh, liberal. Yeah. There's a lot, like lately, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of like uh, Trump caricatures, oh, and great. not in a flattering sense. They're, they're, when Prince died, there's a lot of Prince yeah, seed art. Yeah, there's a ton of Prince tributes. What's a purple uh, seed? Lavender. Okay. Am- yeah. Yeah, and amaranth, I think, is also a purple one. Now, they did, there is a, for the Minnesota Twins, the baseball team, mm-hmm. there was a catcher who played for many years here who was also born in Minnesota, and his name was Joe Maurer. And... The only point is, so then they there was a seed art of him, as, you know, squatting behind home plate, but it was made out of rye seeds, so it was catcher in the rye. Uh, so that's a pun worthy that I should yeah. make Austin laugh. I think. Yeah, that's so. This is what I love about the seed art is, <laughs> first of all, it's like it's crop art. You're you're making art with seeds, yeah. which is like the most Midwestern thing ever. Then they also have like. A lot of them are like hyper political, and as David said, usually left leaning. And you feel like the kind of people that would be at the risk of generalizing. You feel like the kind of people that have like lots of seed at their disposal and would be doing this would be like you know outer rim suburb rural types that don't necessarily skew liberal, but they're very 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 liberal leaning. And then if it's not that, it's some sort of celebrity, and then there's like. Puns laced through <laughs> all of it, and it's just fantastic. Puns. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess you'd be surprised how much seed liberals have access to. <laughs> <laughs> but it is amazing the level of intricacy they can get in. Like, there's some really impressive. Yeah, Carol, I, I just, uh, I hit you up. I texted you a few pics from last year's fair that Great. I took. Thank you. I'm going to put that. Oh, there they go. I'm going to put it right on my Pinterest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, All right. I don't know. Where are we? So, yeah, the next we come back from our commercial break (laughs) and uh, Smelly Shelly arrives at the pits and she says her name is Shirley Poppins. (laughs) And soon enough, she's hired because she can do sign language, I guess, and that needed. Um. We can't verify if she can do sign language or if she's just faking it, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this. I have nothing against people who can do sign language, obviously. It's just I don't know how this is going to help with their family in particular when there's nobody who needs sign language as a way to communicate. Yet. <laughs> yeah, well, they are, yeah, they are cursed. One of them's probably going to put mm. a peanut in their ear. So she's hired, and the next scene is uh, Shelly's buttering up the kids by doing... As it were, like a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, She does Peter's homework for him, I guess. And then Faith comes home and is mad that she still doesn't have a date. So then she just gives Faith money to cheer her up, which I guess is one strategy. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> like I said, this is where I'm, I don't know about the sustainability of this. I'm like, I don't think you can just keep paying your kids because then are you getting money? I don't know. Feels like an Ouroboros of some sort, but... uh. Yeah, the whole economy of this 90s slash early 2000s shit, this is where it went. Everyone was just owning staplers. Stores, <laughs> I mean, this, this nanny's already children. getting paid out of the profits of two cents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there is. So one of the things Faith says is that. Just found out that me and Lisa Sizemore are the only two girls who haven't been asked to the dance. Lisa Sizemore doesn't have legs. <laughs> I know. And that's the joke that people who are in wheelchairs shouldn't be able to go to dances? Is that it? Or what? what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, Zach went to at least like two dances with a woman in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> and if Zach can do it. Right. On, exactly. Yeah, Lisa size more. More like Lisa legs less. <laughs> <laughs> There's the joke, guys. I felt bad, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going on the... This feels like very insensitive to be joking and just making fun of someone for not having legs. And Carolyn's like, no, the problem is it needs to be a better joke. And yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't come up with that construction in my head and Carolyn just beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, you guys, this makes me really fucking nostalgic for wanting to be like a Fox sitcom writer in the 1990s. I, it's a bygone era. I don't. I didn't know that I'd feel that way. Do you think that would there that would be a healthy atmosphere for females? Oh sure, <laughs> sure thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Your story Did right by Roseanne, didn't it? <laughs> she had a different chokehold on the whole thing. She really gamed the system, but it mm-hmm. didn't even help her in the end. Oops. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be tough, but I'd be rich. So yeah, yeah. Hey. You, Cream rises to the top in the end, right? <laughs> and butter. <laughs> More butter rice. references. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is dinner, and everyone is getting a hearty helping of food, except for Liz. This is the mom we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
And so that, but Bob gets like extra meat and there's none for her. So then Bob's going to give her some of his meat, but then Shelly has a meltdown. And so then Bob just gives in and decides, oh, if it's going to cause you to melt down, I'm just going to eat all the food him myself. Yeah, it's a very weird scene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I haven't even gotten into that Shelly hates Liz, despite the fact that it's Bob who stood her up. And I f- right. And, and I don't, that's not even necessarily unrealistic in the real world, but that always blows my mind when people just get mad at, like, when their partner cheats on somebody, they get mad on that somebody instead of the partner. Yeah. And you're like, but it's the partner who's, like, betraying you. The, the, the other person is just a person. I mean, in general, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's, yeah. It's very, it's more prevalent than it should be, considering yeah. the, the circumstances. Right, right. Come on, guys logic <laughs> yeah i'm just saying yeah i don't know bob's the asshole here maybe she should be mad at him but she's she just wants to get in his pants apparently uh no, but yeah it's the wife who doesn't get dinner and everybody else at the table is fine with it it's yeah yeah how vulnerable the pits are to that kind of manipulation yeah apparently yeah they're just they've, like they've, well they've never they've never been this like lucky before that they're <laughs> Yeah, PD got his homework done. Uh, Faith got money. They they just sold their mom out right there. Right, that, they're eating. They're eating large. <laughs> and how big was that wad, anyways? It looked like it could have been like several hundreds of dollars. Oh yeah, the stack of cash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea, but yeah, how it was a lot. On that slice, <laughs> I don't know where she got it. I don't. I... <laughs> what is up with the economy? <laughs> <laughs> So Liz suspects something's wrong here, but she's the only one, because I guess they're all blinded by uh, Shirley's kindness to everyone else's. Shelly. Well, it's like, they're in the <laughs> It's not worth the trouble you're giving it, David. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so Liz has a family meeting in the living room where she's like, this is out of control, and the other ones, and everyone else is like, it's just her first day, it's fine, she's fine. She, you know, she's nice to us, so we don't care whether how she treats you. <laughs> yeah. Some someday, someday when when Liam is older, I want to call a family meeting yeah. just so I can be like, it's like we're in a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Dear son, your dad's a nerd, and I like sitcoms. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, or when you can sit everyone down and have like a stick, and only someone can talk when they're holding the stick. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, we should do that too sometime. Do all the sitcom cliches. Uh, Line between the room, dividing you guys. (laughs) (laughs) They go back into the kitchen where Shirley is now saving their dog's life who's choking on a bone by giving him the Heimlich. Or is she? Yeah, Mm. there's some very good, like, yelping dog sound effects. Yeah. Like, the dog sounds pretty sad, you guys. Yeah, that was pretty traumatic, actually, hearing the... Come on, Liz, it's her first day. She's just trying too hard to please. Yeah, trying to please you. How's your meatloaf, Bob? How's your day, Bob? Bob, 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 Bob. <laughs> She's killing Lucky. This show did not skimp on its dog sound effects. <laughs> Say what you will of its quality, but it put its money where it counts. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a $10 <laughs> CD of sad dog noise. And the dog's <laughs> name is Lucky, which I think is a joke. It's yeah. definitely like a joke, yeah. Yeah. It's there, it's happening. You can laugh if you want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, 
the next scene is Liz in Shirley's room, and this is when I realize she's a living maid, which just means... Right. <laughs> okay, not, not only right. is she a living maid, but she lived in, in like, this, like, she's unpacked, she has clothes in the closet and clothes in the drawer, and if I'm understanding this timeline correctly, she took the job earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you'd think that she'd been living there for months based on the way the room's set up. Yeah. And how did they, how in the world did they afford a house with multiple rooms for servants on those two cents of staples? <laughs> I know, that's what I think. Yeah, so they at least have a four-bedroom house. It's like crazy how an old TV show will just throw in an extra room in the house and all of us are like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this yeah. was even after the dot-com bubble burst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's pre-housing crisis, though, so maybe they're just, like, deeply, deeply underwater on the mortgage yeah, of yeah, this yeah. house. They're, they're part of the problem, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Story checks out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so there, so Liz is searching uh, Shirley Shelley's room, and uh, she comes across the diary, and that's where they find that uh, Shirley is actually Smelly Shelley. Oh! <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. But then Shelly catches them in the act of reading her diary. And then, <laughs> so then Shelly wants them to get into the giant trunk she has, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> and the them is all three, everybody except the dads, the mom, the grown-ass teen daughter, and a pretty big 11 to 8-year-old boy. Yeah. Yeah, which oh, is, he's a solid. Yeah, he's a solid twelve or thirteen at this point. Okay, which they do seem to just get into that trunk and fit. Like obviously, the scene when they're in it is not real, but they all manage. <laughs> like I guess not? they had something under the stage so they all could get in there. I don't know. Yeah, because okay. later, spoiler alert: this uh, this trunk is going to come tumbling down the stairs and then land on a landing, and they're all going to tumble out and. For the most part, it's done pretty well, but you can, if you watch closely, you can see that, like, the way the trunk lands and the way that the opening of it is positioned, it's, like, in the corner of the stairway set because they clearly cut the back out of the trunk and then they all just kind of came through it that way because they can't actually all fit in this trunk. Mm -hmm. Just like the real estate of the house. It has like secret exit rooms. It's like a Harry Potter-ass boomer universe. (laughs) So, yeah. So Shelly gets them to get into the trunk by threatening to choke the dog with a milk bone like she did before. So that (gasps) that answers that mystery. And uh, (laughs) then she puts the dog in there too, which just seems unnecessary, but that happens. It's a pretty cute dog. Yeah, yeah. All my kind it is. It's like a mid-sized, good, long hair. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a lab or retriever. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not dog. good with dogs. Austin's married to the dog person. So I don't. Yeah, I don't fucking know what it is. It's some kind of golden retriever, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would know a golden retriever. <laughs> get your wife. Get your wife. So Bob comes home by himself, and we after- come back from a commercial where we get a little cry on on the bottom of the screen, telling us mm-hmm. to be sure to tune in for Wanda at Large, Wanda Sykes' short-lived Fox oh. sitcom. No, so was this part of the block then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rock the block. 
yeah, and as Bob comes home, Shelly is now, like, wearing a nightie and is trying to seduce him, but it's not really working. <sighs> so then we go back to the scene with the family in the trunk, and it's just kind of their heads on a black background, mm-hmm. and they're all cramped together, but I couldn't help but notice that Petey's pretty much, like, nuzzling... Liz's breast. Oh, hi. And I just, and you know, it is what it is. They're in a trunk. But I'm like, was this like a formative moment for this child actor? You know, just to be like. Schmushing up against his like hot TV sister's body. You know, it'd be his TV mother's body. Or his TV mom's body. Yeah. Yeah. Still pretty good. Yeah. 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 It's an awkward scene. Wow. (laughs) Anyways, that's all I was thinking about that. They're just trying to figure out how to get out of there. And so, meanwhile, Shelly's still trying to seduce Bob, but somehow the family, as we talked about before, manages to start moving the trunk by itself, like, from within, and get it to fall over the stairs, which breaks it open to let them out. Uh, they tell Bob that he surely is Shelly, and then a big fight ensues, but Bob can't bring himself to punch Shelly. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here, I guess, then. Like, Shelly's running, but I don't know where she's trying to go or what, and then she needs like, Bob in the ball. Yeah, zone. like, Liz that's grabs her, but then Bob's like, I can't hit a woman, and then he gets kneed in the groin. And Yeah, it's like, it's like a, the old, two old jokes, right, where, like, people now, I guess, I don't think on TV they would hesitate to hit a woman if they had to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened a lot on 24 or whatever show you want to mention. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Madden. In our canon. And then, and then after the dad gets hit in the balls, it's like the whole scene stops, and the whole family is like a look of horror at their dad's like genitals. Like, it's just like too big of a moment. They're like, oh. his mashed up genitals. Yeah, we all came from those balls. We <laughs> <laughs> should just move on, right? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to like. Were they trying to just murder her or what? Like, why didn't I don't know? I think the murder comes up in a couple moments. Well, yeah. well, yeah. Because then Bob's like, I gotta take care of this myself. She's my prom date. <laughs> Which is whatever. And so then they go to the... Then, she, like, Shelly runs to the bathroom for reasons I don't know. And <laughs> Bob chases her there. And then... But then Bob still sucks. So, he, like, he immediately gets tripped up by Shelly. And then she uses, like, a hair remover on his legs. Which is, like... yeah. <laughs> Which could have been funny if I... I don't know. It's like a really good 90s hair remover thing. Did you guys ever have an ethyl lady? No. no. <laughs> they hurt so much. <laughs> what is, what is so, the mechanism that yeah, okay. causes them to hurt? The pain. Oh, no. Because it's, well, it's like it's an electric razor, polar. basically, right? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, okay. It's got like a rolly ball and it like rips the hair up. Ugh. Somebody's mom had one, and I tried it, and it just hurts like a bitch. Like, okay. They wouldn't sell anything that hurts that much. So it's kind of like a Band-Aid, like you're... Yeah. Yeah, like some kind of rolling hair-pulling mech. It's terrible. You should yeah. try it on your balls, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, specifically your balls. Like, don't be a <laughs> pussy and just, like, do your arm or anything, Austin. I want to see some ball removal with this thing. <laughs> Go right to the edge. Yeah, like exactly. In the 90s. Uh, so now this takes Bob out of commission, but then Liz shows up and like swings from the door and kicks Shelly into the bathtub where 
she's electrocuted because she has the epilady or whatever. It's oh, called. good. I wasn't sure why she got electrocuted. And I you guys, Isla was like, wow, this lady's getting murdered in this bathtub and the studio audience is going fucking nuts. Yeah, they're loving yeah. this. Yeah. light chuckles it's really <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> oh. and she's like, bzz, 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 like frying to death in this bathtub i mean she's not actually dead but i sure thought she was dying same same <laughs> yeah yeah i thought she was dead like i didn't know how dark this humor was getting and then uh so then bob you know is thankful for liz and they kind of make up but then Shelly rises from the bathtub fatal attraction style. But then it turns out she's like, oh, and I'm all good now because the electricity like fixed her, basically, and she doesn't care anymore. Yay, electrotherapy. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, I I feel like there's people who've probably gone through it who might have things to say about this. Right? But uh <laughs> She's okay now, apparently, and uh now the scene switches to the living room where she's being uh arrested. And I was going to say electrocuted, but that might come later, I guess. Uh, and then uh, during this commotion, Leon, the altar boy, shows up and uh, asks Faith to prom. And he's like, I'm an altar boy. Nothing bad can happen to me, which. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they knew the joke they were making at the time or not. I think that. they definitely did. It was a little yeah. soft, but it's just like, watch out, priests will rape you. <laughs> this is, what I think, like when the first couple of lawsuits were happening, and now it's just like a permanent thing. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this was after, this was after the big Boston story broke. Oh, yeah. That really, like, oh, yeah. that really put it on its radar and put it on sort of like, the the public consciousness and showed how systemic the issue was um because that was like early 2000 like right after christmas of 2002 Mm -hmm. so this would have been after that so that was probably an intentional joke on their part Hmm. wow great choice on special episode david i'm glad yeah exactly (laughs) uh but I did like this moment here where, like, uh, she's like, how did you know to ask me out to the altar boy? And he's like, your dad told me. No one asked you. And yeah. And dad gives, like, that thumbs up. Like, he does mm. have to work for her to get it. <laughs> Which is their camaraderie at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Although she's horrified by this, but it turns out to work out for her. But right? she doesn't have a dress. But <gasps> then Shelly decides that she could just use her dress. Wait a second, I just realized the dance is tomorrow and I don't have anything to wear. Yes, you do. Upstairs in my room, my old silk prom dress. It's never been used. (laughs) Sorry. Just another dick move, and I'm like, but also kind of funny. That was probably the like legitimately funniest thing that I that I laughed at. Yeah, you like that? He's just a super dick. He's like, well, it is unused. (laughs) Like, oh Jesus. (laughs) Do tears come out of silk? Yeah, probably. Right. Uh, so then the show ends with Faith and Leon hugging, but Leon has vampire teeth. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? I'm 
like, this is definitely a good TV show that David, like, sincerely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did kind of call that whole Twilight thing, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Is this supposed to be, like, another example of, like, her bad luck? Is this, I'm curious if, is this guy going to be, like, a recurring character where we, like, delve into his vampirism? (laughs) All right, so, yeah, I guess we never saw Leon. He, let's see if, did you check on him? Uh, let's, let's get the, uh, gruel orphans on that. See what Well, the gruel orphans say it was Aaron Fors. Okay. And, uh, he was in, he was basically like a bit actor. Right. He was like a voice in certain stuff and he showed up on like Grey's Anatomy as robber number one. But he was in two episodes of this. No, so this might, uh. This might be uh, have uh, legs. The storyline might have legs. Yeah, he was he was in an episode that involved a uh, possessed ventri- ventriloquist dummy. <gasps> Why so... didn't we watch that, David? Because <laughs> so... I wasn't willing to search through other episodes. <laughs> so I'm starting to lead better. into Carolyn's thesis that this is not a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Only good shows have evil dummies. <laughs> All right, you two can watch the rest, the, re- <laughs> the next five episodes, Great, and then you gonna... get back to me on that. <laughs> Our whole theme on this. I was show gonna say we could do David. a no, we could do a summer theme on uh, shows with uh, evil ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> yeah. We've already uh, got the big bad, the Carlsbad. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, we Stevel, but there's another Stevel yeah. episode, so we could do yeah. that. With I'll take Carl. Buffy the Vampire. Yeah, so. Buffy's got one. We got this one. We only need one I more. You can do this one, Austin. I give cribs. it. I'm giving it. I know there's a goosebumps. There's an episode yeah. of Night Court where a bull gets a dummy, but it's not evil. Yeah, every horror anthology from the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. from <laughs> Tales of the Crypt to the Freddy Krueger one to <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark probably did an evil ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, I think there was an R bad Are You Afraid to of the that Dark that Friday the 13th antique show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never forget. No Jason. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the the version of this that we were watching on YouTube uh, had a fun little commercial for American Idol. I believe the yeah. second season of American Idol, Ooh. which was followed by a new episode of Twenty Four. No, oh, yeah. And I was Classic. like, oh, I just got all the the two thousand early two thousand feels. <laughs> Not that I ever watched American Idol, but oh, I did. It was it was very much like I never like this is I did not watch it yet I could tell just from that commercial and who was in it what season it was because it was like that big a deal when it was on that even if you didn't watch it you knew who like won it and who the top comp- contestants yeah. were and all that kind of stuff. Is that Kelly Clarkson? This was That's after Kel- this was the Clay Aiken Ruben Stoddard season, which I believe what is two. What happened to Clay Aiken? How is he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran for like Congress or Senate. Did he make it? <laughs> he did not. Dang. Oh well. <laughs> so Austin, what do you think of this show? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Vampire teeth aside, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that I'm willing to to go entirely into Carolyn's camp, but I w- but I will say that it suffered from unfair expectations. In that I've known this show for so long as the show that broke David, 
And then when I watched it, I was like, well, that wasn't good, but it wasn't like astronomically terrible. Uh, and it also, and, and part of that is also if I'd watched this in 2003 when David did, I probably would have had the same reaction. But watching it now, there is enough like retro charm to right. keep it from being worse of all time and just not very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Carolyn, do you have anything to add to that? Great question. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how Austin, my compatriot over here, can so easily put aside vampire teeth. <laughs> <laughs> vampire teeth out of nowhere. That was mm. great. It was, it was a foreshadowing to True Blood, too, which is exactly that ridiculous. Someday I'm going to make you guys watch True Blood, probably. <laughs> There's one I have that maybe has some male rape in it. You're going to love it. Ooh. Uh-huh. Oh, our second male rape episode. I know. Yeah. Let's get back there. It has queer <laughs> panthers. <laughs> the rapes, you guys. Oh, just wait. Um, no, uh, the show. Yeah, The Pits was pretty good. Ultimately, <laughs> it was stupid and bad, sure. And I do like that it gave David like a hard break over what is musty television and what to do with his life. I'm sure he like got a job after this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm started done with going, TV. Started going out on dates instead of dating the television, right? No, but TV's great. Mm. And this was a really weird little sitcom I would have never thought about if we didn't have this great show and this great theme. So thanks, audience and David, for picking this one out. It was pretty fun. <laughs> it was pretty stupid. Uh, I'll probably forget about it in a month, but then the memory will tickle me. It could have been, like, more gory and more edgy, but they played with the darkness. It'd be a little fun to see it, like, done again with teeth. Ultimately, it's pretty middling and forgettable, but it certainly lasted up to one season, didn't it? <laughs> no, half of one. Yeah, yeah it was. I believe it was canceled after six oh, episodes. The mid-pole, very nice. And they aired one more after that. I think there was Ooh, seven. Was it the total. dummy one? No, that was, like, the fourth episode. They saved that. It didn't even get to air. (laughs) (laughs) David, what do you think of it? (laughs) Um, This time. Yeah, looking back at it, is it the worst ever? Well, this is where I struggle. Like, what would be the worst ever? And sometimes (laughs) it's like, because then things get so bad that you say they're good, but they're not really good, right? Like, they're still bad. It just means you can find enjoyment in their bad, and that's you maybe. I'm getting very existential here as to, like, is being boring worse than just being bad? I think part of the problem with, <laughs> well, generally, yes, but then, like, I don't know. Uh, I think part of the problem is with me, if you're going to go, like, with the gross-out humor or the absurdism, you really have to nail it for me or else it's really not going to hit. Like, it's, there's... I have a very narrow uh, target for that. And if you don't hit it, it's just me just completely writing you off. And it's that's probably what happened back then was just like, no, this is not funny. And this is just too over the top for me. Uh, you know, looking back, I don't know if it's the worst sitcom ever. In fact, as I said before, I'm like, I could see where this premise could have some something to it. And maybe it would be worth seeing other episodes. I'm not going to because at the end of the day, it still wasn't that funny. I mean, there was some charm to it, but I still think it wasn't good. And I can't think of something that's like worse than it off the top of my head. I don't know, Austin. What do you think is worse than this? 
Um, in the sitcom genre, let's not. Yeah, in the in the in the sitcom, you want to leave the cape discussions off the table for now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hard pressed to come up with something worse from like a similar time. I mean, like. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's, you know, there's some, like, old sitcoms that didn't go anywhere that are probably way worse than this. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess, I mean, for the off, off the top of my head, I can't necessarily come up with anything that I can think of that was worse. Some of those, I mean, I don't know, some of those uh, wannabe Simpsons animated shows that... Uh, yeah, maybe. That, that, like Family Guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. No, um... I- yeah. <laughs> Some of those shows, maybe. Like, there was one, uh, was it The Goods or The Good Family? Oh, that was a Mike Judge. Um, that was a Mike Judge one. And that was one, and part of that was the weight of expectations. And you're like, oh, it's Mike Judge. He's great. King of the Hill's awesome. And then that was not very good at all. Um, there was that one that, was it Louis Anderson did where he was like a. Life with Louis? No, not Life with well, Louis. This is yeah. after Life with Louis. The family feud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the feud. Also, Louis also Anderson, a never the penguin. Also a I son of Minnesota, Anderson. Louis Anderson, one of our own. Yeah. Well, he seems Pride very Midwestern. I would like to see him carved out of butter. Isn't he already? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a... <laughs> I think he's like sixty percent butter. He should be providing a service to his community. He's so much better. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like some of those might have been worse than this. But, no, I mean, to your point, David, it is it is hard for me to come up with something that was off the top of my head, at least, that was objectively worse than this. This kind of reminded me of, like, several of those little sitcoms, right? Like, there was that Bobcat mm-hmm. Goldthwait where they had a dust bunny. Yeah. There was that Jay Moore sitcom, Happily Never After or something. Oh yeah, it was like uh, a, it's very forgettable. But well, there it was, does exist in that zone. Yeah, there was there was dads. The whoa, is it with a Z? No, <laughs> no, the one with Seth Green and oh, oh god, yeah, that might be worse. Martin Mull and oh, like Brenda okay. Song works in their office, and they make all kinds of terrible like Asian female jokes about her, which yeah, was super sexist. Conveniently yeah. enough, from the same executive producer of this series. <laughs> uh, who also has done like it's Mike Scully who did like a long run on the Simpsons and a good chunk of Parks mm-hmm. and Recreation so he's not mm-hmm. incapable of producing good stuff he's just also produced some really awful stuff too but I'm sure as soon as we hang up here I'll come up with like six or seven things that yeah I know I'm not even trying to say this is the worst show ever I'm just like eh, it's still pretty bottom of the barrel if you ask oh, me oh abs- yeah. absolutely middling but I did like that they yeah. were trying something like it had a very big shtick you know like in, when a movie's very movie this was very tv show the premise mm-hmm. was st- i don't want to say strong but it was there and they hit it a bunch so yeah it was a it's a unique premise played yeah. very broadly yeah like you could see this premise in a more like low-key naturalistic setting running like after always sunny on fxx right right it but it's two clicks away from sunny right but I- it's Pitched so like early '90s, like Miller Boyette almost level of like sitcom, big, loud, make the obvious joke, make sure everyone in the back heard us and laughed at it, and so then that there's like a weird disconnect between those two elements, and that's probably ultimately why I just never found an audience. Mm -hmm. 
Although, according to Wikipedia, or the Gruel Orphans, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Gruelkipedia. There, there was talk of reviving this show as an animated series, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so. They could go big with animation. I mean, it might work better mm-hmm. that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was in 2007, I and guess. They talked there was about room- it, and then yeah, they stopped talking. Yeah, there was rumors. Or actually, it said Fox announced an animated version of the show Damn. was in development. Damn, Fox. <laughs> Fox wouldn't lie to us, right? Everything Fox says is true. Of course. So we can look forward to that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2008, it was announced the animated series had been taken out of production after a pilot had failed to impress Fox executives. Ooh, I want to see that failure to impress the pilot, <laughs> just like this one. <laughs> yeah, this pilot failed to impress me, but uh <laughs> I was mildly impressed. I know, Carolyn. I even when I picked it before I even <laughs> saw it, I'm like, I feel like this might be something Carolyn's into though. <laughs> it's gotta be the right kind of trash and this almost uh, had enough funk on it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh where can people find you online, Carolyn? Me? Oh gosh, you can find <laughs> me on old internet sites like Hot or Not. Hamster pants <laughs> or Craigslist. <laughs> when I'm not there, I'm on the very old-fashioned Twitter at Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. You can listen to my other podcast where we play games of making movies. That's Pitch Please. It's on Cranival Studios. Cran, like Cranberry, C-R-A-N-I-V, Cranival Studios. Find it. It's great. <laughs> Uh, and I have a Patreon, so look up Carolyn Maine on Patreon as well. <laughs> uh, Austin? Uh, you can find me on Alta Vista and <laughs> uh, also on the interwebs uh, on Twitter at Austin Gorton. And uh, my website is realgentlemanofleisure.com, where we also have a Patreon set up if you want to give us money. And Do you have a bunch of little dancing gifts on your website? I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> angel fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the flying toaster and the little dancing mm-hmm. hamster. And... That one's dope. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Hecatite. Uh, I'm David Bitsenoffer. You can find my aim handle is... Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, <laughs> Dr. Bits. I think it is on aim. I think it's... Doctor. I think that's what that one was like DR. I think I think it was just DR. <laughs> and I got an ICQ. Did anyone have ICQ? ICQ. Oh my god! Ask my spouse. <laughs> yeah, if you remember that. And, and you know, you can search some local chat rooms, and we'll see if we can. <laughs> I'll ask you your ASL, and we can figure things out. You know? True, then, true uh, story. One of David and I's coworkers recently had to uh, help his mom cancel her AOL subscription. Whoa, no. <laughs> AOL still I makes money. Yeah, bear to think about how much he paid over the last ten years. Right? Yeah, AOL still makes money on a business model that's built on old people who don't know they don't need AOL anymore. Yeah, I can't believe they still make money when they were giving out all those free internet hours. CDs. <laughs> I love I loved how they kept giving out those CDs long after we stopped paying for internet by the hour. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, we are running this into the ground. And they still are. They still it's 2019 and they're still around. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how many how much money they still get. Right. Uh 
You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Bits spelled out, and maybe someday I'll write something for the real com again when I figure out what that is. If you'd like uh, David to write something, hit us up with some ideas of what you might like to see him <laughs> yeah, write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> write about the pits. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> is going to review every episode of the pit. <laughs> It'll take you like six weeks, and then you'll be done. So it's not bad. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Series completed. <laughs> We are a very special episode podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can follow the show on Twitter at AVSEPod. You can check out our Facebook page. Uh, you can email us at AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. And all sorts of good stuff, I think. That's everything, right, Austin? Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. That was a good enough transition. Yeah, good enough. So, for... <laughs> <laughs> for a very special episode podcast i'm david saying that life is a bowl of cherries but please avoid the pits at all costs <laughs> <laughs> classy that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV That we're gonna explode Next time On a very special episode Someone left the cake out in the rain
Cause it took so long to bake it And I'll never have the recipe
dark All the sweet green icing flow 